Welcome to Kids and Their Dog, a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. I'm your Hanna-Barbera talking animal, Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Lava, they, them. Uh, how's, how's it going? We're, uh, we're in our, uh, our final year, basically. Yep. That there's not currently a Scooby-Doo movie on the horizon. Yeah. Which is a strange feeling. <laughs> um... But, you know, that's really, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just sort of filling for time while I, until I feel like I've spent enough time before I can move on to the actual podcast. 100%. I forgot Sword in the Scoob already aired. Yeah, it came out back in like April, I think. Maybe February? I don't I think remember it was February. Uh, the first date I came across was February, so. February 23rd, which... What? Netrax. Really? Yeah. Jeez. But, but yeah. So I, I did look to see if there was any news. I didn't really find anything of importance. I saw uh, an article someone writ- had written about the video game Dead by Daylight. <laughs> this dog is barking a lot in the room next to me. Um, the apparently the the devs of Dead by Daylight posted a survey. Um, for players to fill out and one of the things was like oh what are some other character or other media franchises that you'd like to see represented in this game about a murderer and people trying to get away from being murdered and apparently in the drop down menu was scoopy doo somewhere so uh i don't know certainly an interesting concept yeah but that's really it i had the that was like the closest thing to news that I could find. Mm-hmm. But we do have questions. We do. So I shall check those questions. We have some a question here from Brendan at Sonata Waves on Twitter, former guest of the show. If you could have a Lego playset made of any of the Scooby-Doo movies, which would you choose? For me, it'd be the Hex Girls concert from Witch's Ghost. Hmm. That's a good one. Um, it is. Let's see. I think that I would want... I don't know what I would want. I don't either. Let me look at our list of movies. Yeah, I was just doing that too, because I'm like, uh, my memory is bad. Um, What if uh, a giant scrappy-doo... Uh, <laughs> thing that they put a scrappy doo minifigure inside of to pilot it <laughs> or just giant mr bean and they put a scrappy mr scrappy minifigure inside of it a scrappy mr do scrappy mr do um i feel like because i know that hot wheels versions of this exist but i feel like the mystery machine as a lego build would be interesting i don't know if that is a thing that lego does like uh yeah, Lego Scooby Doo the Mystery Machine. Currently on Amazon for like a oh. hundred and seventy something dollars because it that, is that not tracks. in production currently. I guess it's got it comes with like a, a living tree and um a zombie. I think that's actually the same zombie minifigure that is featured in this movie. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. It looks exactly like it. It's also a Playmobil Scooby Doo Mystery Machine, although that one you don't seem to build. I think I like the Playmobil Scooby figures more than the Lego ones. Hot take over here. 
Um, let me look at the list. I think you could probably do a fun like uh, castle or something from Goblin King. Ooh, yeah. I also had a thought of um something from Cyber Chase. Mm-hmm. Because that had a lot of set, just general set options, but it would be kind of generic. Uh, a big one of just the ghoul school. Yeah. Also, I have something very important to mention. The zombie, uh-huh. which I am absolutely confident is the zombie in the movie, is named Zombie Zeke. Zombie Zeke. Zombie Zeke. Oh, hey, it's that uh, Scooby-Doo Igloo cooler from way back. Remember when I talked about that on the show? The the drink cooler that looked like the mystery machine? <laughs> what was it? Som- Scooby-Doo Igloo? It's a cooler. Oh, yeah, that. Remember when I brought that up on the show? Um, I'm confident that you did. I don't remember when I did, but I definitely did at some point. Like a million years ago, basically. Oh, you can still buy it for 40 bucks. Nice. It seems actually pretty small. Showing yeah. the picture of what's inside of it. They got like some ice and then two cans and a bottle. It's got a nine can capacity. Not with ice. <laughs> That's with yeah. no ice. Or very limited ice. Um, oh yeah, Playmobil it's a seven quarts, nine can capacity. So total of 16 quarts. Yeah, here's the Playmobil thing that I've been mentioning. So you can look at the figures and how I think they're so much better. They're very cute. Very cute. And they don't do the thing that Lego started to do that I hate, which we'll talk about when we get to the movie, I guess. Oh, is it the waist? Yes. Yeah, I've kind of resigned myself because Lego just does that. They yeah, did but for... they didn't used to do that. Oh. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't start doing that until like 2008, I want to say. Okay, that that tracks cuz I was going to say that's definitely in the Lego movie. And it also I didn't realize they also did it on the sides. And oh, on they, the sides it's even worse. They do? Weird. Yeah, and in, in this movie I could see it when they turn to the side there's like a little triangle on like the front part. That they could mm. cut in it's that's so bad. bad. I hate That's it. Bad. I hate it so much. Very unnecessary. Um, next questions come in from Charlie at Magical underscore Pride. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. What is the coolest thing you've made out of Legos? Um, Considering the most recent thing I made out of Legos was basically the only thing I've ever made out of Legos. Uh, I got the bonsai tree. You finally got it? Yes! I got it, uh, I don't remember when. It was, like, uh, about a month ago. And I kept checking their website because I was like, this is ridiculous. It's, like, such a cool thing. And everywhere else didn't have it. But I checked their website and I saw they were in stock and I was like, yes! So I just got it. And it took about three hours? Mm -hmm. And it was delightful. I loved it. I've got um, it sitting coolest... on my desk. Oh, good. I think the coolest thing I've built out of Legos is... I mean, I've built some cool spaceships that I really liked when I was a kid. I couldn't tell you what any of them looked like. But, like, just out of the box build. I think the coolest thing I built was probably one of the Exo Force line. Hmm. Um, I'm going to find a good picture to show you of them. 
Oh, here's a good one. This is probably the coolest one that I built because it was just so massive. Uh, the Exo Force line was like, oh god, when was Exo Force? Um, god, when was Exo Force around? I need to. Where's the Wikipedia guide? Lego Exo Force. Here we are. From 2006 to 2008. Wow. Uh, really trying to cash in like late on the kids love anime. Yeah, uh, seriously. Thing. Um, but yeah, it's extremely like, what if Lego did anime? Yeah. They they did do an interesting thing that I liked in that, uh, they didn't try to do like skin tones on any of the fi- characters in it. They kept the Lego minifigure yellow, mm-hmm. which if it wasn't for the fact that literally every Lego minifigure at the time was also yellow could be racist, uh, yeah. in hindsight, but <laughs> at the time all Legos were that color. So yeah. I like to think it was uh, not that. Yeah. And the rest of the design might be racist, um, but <laughs> but the robots were cool. Uh, the setting takes place on Sentai Mountain. Huh. Yeah, they uh, they really uh, hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. the robots were cool though. There was like a bunch of cheap little ones that you could build too. Ooh, the robot minifigures actually were great. I love those. They're my favorite kind of Lego robot minifigure. Because, you know, they did like the Lego Star Wars ones for a bit. But um, let me get an image of it. Here we go. It came in a few different colors, too. Aw. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. The legs move independently and are, like, you know, adapted mm-hmm. to fit on, like, a two-peg wide. Any, like, given two pegs. Yeah, it looks like it. They do the the light of like the red of the eyes with one of those um uh plus shaped things that they use for attaching stuff usually. Hmm. Um so if you had one of those in a different color, you could change the color of the lights for that. So like if you had a blue one, you could make one and then pretend it's a good guy like I did. <laughs> oh, also all of the the character minifigures. Uh because they had the big anime hair pieces on top, yeah, they could put another face on the back. Oh, which means you could rotate it around. Nice. That's such a cool, interesting feature. Um, and because uh, some of there was like a set number of protagonists, so sometimes you'd get uh, another kit that came with the same protagonist, mm-hmm. but that kit's protagonist, like version of that protagonist, might have a different face on the back of there minifigure sometimes they did that um i just that that one really is like extremely nostalgia for me when it comes to lego (laughs) anyways that answers that question yeah (laughs) uh charlie also asks what other franchise would do well with a lego movie so we've had uh, Lego Scooby-Doo movies, we've had the Lego movie, and we've had Lego Batman are the ones that I know of. There's probably almost definitely more. Uh... I think there's like a Lego... I don't know if there was a Lego Star Wars movie or if it was just like those shorts where they didn't talk in them. There was Lego... the video game Lego Star Wars. And those basically were the movies. Mm-hmm. The movies. Um, there was Lego thing we don't talk about anymore because of reasons. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. There's just so many different, like, Lego things already. I would think... What does... What... What deserves the Lego snarky treatment? Because I feel like Lego lends itself well to being a little bit... It's less snarky these days and more kind of, like, just slapstick. Yeah, it it... it makes fun of it in an affectionate way sometimes hmm. list of lego films and tv series here we go this is what i was looking for um featured films we have theatrically lego lego batman lego ninjago and lego movie 2 direct to video we have a bunch of bionicle we'll get to that later we have like a fake indiana jones called lego the adventures of clutch powers <laughs> uh hero factory i don't know what hero factory is about like a batman the movie a different one than the one that uh was the this one was based on the video game lego a lot of lego dc comics stuff yeah those lend well to it mm-hmm. including like lego dc superhero girls and lego dc shazam i have seen good things about um ninjago Mm-hmm. Like the animation is good and everything. Uh, short films featuring Lego. We have uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail in Lego. What? Pardon? <laughs> which was a which is a DVD bonus feature on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh my god! Um, Lego Star Wars: Revenge of the Brick. That I remember. That's the one I was thinking of. It's a brick film loosely based on Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Premiered on Cartoon Network on two. On May 8th, 2005. Hmm. Also released with the Clone Wars Volume 2 DVD as one of the special features. Yeah. Lots of options. I was just trying to make sure we didn't pick one that already had it. Right. Uh, there was a Lego Indiana Jones short film as well. There's actually several Star Wars ones, including one called Bombad Bounty. Which is good. Good. Love to hear about <laughs> the word Bombad. Lego Jurassic World had one. Lego Frozen. Okay, that is, in fact, Disney's Frozen. Good to know. Sorry, now I'm learning about uh, some of the TV shows they've had, including in 2002, Galador Defenders of the Outer Dimension, which is a live-action one based on Lego. Show is centered around a character named Nick Bluetooth. What? <laughs> Oh, I need to, I need to Google image search this word, this name. Oh, it had a Game Boy Advance game. Neat, I guess. All right, here's um, like a VHS cover or something. Um, that's very two thousand two. Oh, here we go. Here's like a picture from on the set. Oh God, yep, yeah, huh. How is this Lego? I mean, I it's, guess they didn't. It's based really... on like a Lego uh, set theme yeah. or something. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, in 2002, they hadn't really established themselves as, or had they? They kind of had, maybe. Sorry, I, I saw a toy earlier of this, and I was like, I don't understand how that works. But no. So apparently, at some point, his forearms turn into jet wings. 
Oh my god. So the way you said that, by the way, made me think he has four arms? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, not quite. Okay, even the Lego, like, even the toys that I'm seeing for this aren't actually even Legos, which is strange. Yeah. Like, they're made by Lego. And, like, all of the stuff has the Lego branding on it. Interesting. There's okay. This is, like, semi-Lego themed, but it's also, like, McDonald's toys. Yeah. Weird. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, let's see. What's the thing that, uh, what if Lego Godzilla versus King Kong? That'd be interesting. You could do, like, a, a fun, like, Lego version of, like, a big monster movie. Yeah. There we go. I think we've finally come to our answer. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, C also asks, what is your favorite version of Scooby-Doo? Live action, cartoon, or Lego? Hmm. Now, I can understand why some people would think that Lego and cartoon are the same, but they have very different energies from they what we watch. They really do. Like, they're not necessarily that different just on the face but like they are different in watching yeah hmm i would kind of say i would have to watch the other two lego movies i i think there's just one more movie and then there's like a short that oh, we okay. don't have on our list gotcha if i'm not mistaken yeah we have uh blowout beach bash and that's our last lego thing gotcha. charlie will be on for that one according okay. to our schedule Nighttime Terror was uh, the featured Grimsley Manor, which is actually mentioned in this movie. Yes, that's kind of neat. I didn't know that. Um, I think I, I think I just I'll, I'll say cartoon, but I do like the dynamicness of the Lego stuff. Uh, I'll bring it up later, but like there are definitely shots that like oh if this was a cartoon they they would just be standing here talking and not doing whatever they're doing here in this scene. Right. What's your preference? Hmm. I, I will say is like, Lego is a different enough medium that there's a lot more slapstick. And it feels like appropriate for Scooby-Doo, if that makes sense. It's like, there's a certain level of Lego-ishness mm -hmm. that lends itself pretty well to the atmosphere of a Scooby-Doo film. Yeah. I would probably say uh, cartoon is still probably my preference, but then again, we have significantly more cartoon movies than we do live action or yeah. Lego. So. Uh, I think you could definitely have a very good Scooby-Doo of any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We got a bunch of questions here from friend of the show, Tanner, at Sparky Upstart, and they ask, first question... Sorry for missing the anniversary. How can I make it up to you? You don't need to. You, you, it was fine. I know you had stuff going on. No worries. Um, but also, you could play Final Fantasy XIV. No, I'm cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> because I already joked about that with Tanner. Just come on the show again. Um, do you think Zach Efron, or as they have written here, Zephron? Mm-hmm could play a good live action fred hmm i think so i think so like i'm trying to like picture zephron like when it would have been appropriate for him to play fred 
I think you could still have him play Fred now. And also I'm thinking, yeah, is like it would still work for him to play Fred now. Um, big, uh, big Freddy Prince Jr. vibes from modern Zac Efron. Yeah. And he was, uh, I'm looking at a, a picture on his wiki. Uh, he was blonde. Or is currently blonde. I don't know which, but he was blonde in 2019. Would you, call that, would you call that blonde or would you just call that white hair? Platinum blonde. Okay, yeah. It's a very Fred color of hair. If not, you know, the actual style. Of yeah, Fred. not like the, like the bright yellow of cartoon Fred Jones. Right. Um, yeah, I think you could do it. I think you could do it. Uh, do you think he could play a good live action Onceler? Maybe. I think he could do it. I, How bad could he possibly I be? Will, <laughs> I, I will say the world is not ready for that. No, no one, no one is ready for that. Because I just tried to like conceptualize Zac Efron as the Onceler, and like superimpose that to when it was very popular in a particular sense, and my brain just kind of like f- fused, f- fried, you know, the fusing electricity thing that I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, that's Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I googled the word Zac Efron green suit to see if I could uh, make a joke about it. And the first image that comes up is Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see here. This should work. Why do I get the feeling that in another world, Zac Efron would have ended up in Robert Pattinson's shoes. Uh, I think Zac Efron could have done Taylor Lautner's role more. I haven't watched those movies, but... I haven't either, but... Oh, gosh. Um, let's move on. Of course, it's still, it's still on yeah, the same. Yeah, we're not moving, we're not we're moving, not on, moving on, on very far. Are we? No, we're not. Is the uh, Lorax a Scooby-Doo? No. Nah. Uh, on account of there's like one main character, <laughs> like there's oh, but each each group of people, like each but, side of the the conflict only has one person on it. <laughs> but here's the thing: the plot uh-huh. for the side characters who were arguably the main characters, the two kids. Uh huh. I think they're in a Scooby Doo movie. Like they're in half of a Scooby Doo movie. It's not quite a Scooby Doo movie. But it's got, like, they're against a big business corporation thing that's trying to take over. I don't remember. It, I don't even think I finished the Lorax, to be honest. I don't remember. It. I can see the argument of it, but it's from not quite under, there. From what I remember about the Lorax, I, I don't remember there being, like, a... Uh, maybe I'm forgetting, like, uh, a subplot for Zac Efron's character in the Lorax. Um, but from what I remember, it's the kid goes to the house, puts a penny in the bucket, and listens to the guy, the Wensler story. Well, the thing with the kid is that, I don't remember, there there was a business corporation dude who was either already in the process of doing so or trying to sell 
fresh air to people. You know, like bottled air. Like what we currently have in the wor- real world with bottled water and everything. Yeah, so just like, like just like the movie uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Perry Air. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't know if it would qualify as a Scooby-Doo movie. Uh, no, there needs to be more of a mystery about it. I will say, I want to answer this other question, though. Which uh, was what I originally thought this question was asking. Is the character, the Lorax, a Scooby-Doo? Hmm. Because Scooby is people. Scooby is people, and the Lorax is people. But more importantly, the Lorax speaks for the trees, for the trees have no tongue. <laughs> yes. I think that could, it could also be argued that this might qualify. But maybe not. It's hard to say. How did Ed Helms be the one? How was he the one, Slayer? You put Ed Helms and Zac Efron in this movie, and you tell me that Ed Helms is the one, Slayer, the one that Tumblr was horny for? Get out of here with that. I mean, Tumblr wasn't horny for the one, Slayer because of Ed Helms. No, but imagine how much hornier they would have been. That's... I, see, I don't think it would have mattered. Because that's not... That's not where it came from. They no, didn't... It, it didn't, but there would have been that extra angle. I feel like there was enough. Well, was there enough? When did. I've already looked this up before on this show, but I'm trying to remember the time when... period of High School Musical. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Because here's my thought process is that. Okay. High School Musical was 2006. 2000. Six. When was 2008. the third one? Two thousand eight. So I feel yeah. like there was enough of a gap because Onceler came out in twenty twelve, right? Yeah. Okay. I understand what you're about to say about there being a gap, so people wouldn't care as much about Zac Efron. But the thing is, no. Uh, but I want to finish the thought. And yes, Go that ahead. was going to be my argument. But then I realized as I was speaking is that there would have been enough of a break between the two fr- franchises that. I feel as though if Zac Efron had been the Onceler, people who got into the Onceler and its subsequent fandom would have then later found out about Zac Efron being the Onceler, and they their brains would have broke. It would have been that kind of weird disconnect. It's like, that's who voiced that character? What? You know how it is? Yeah, I think the situation that might have happened is, you know, how old would Zac Efron have been by then? How old is Zac Efron now? This is my third time Googling the words Zac Efron so far in this recording. He is currently age 33. 33, and that's in uh, 2021. So that's almost 10 years ago. He would have been like, all right, he would have been in his early 20s. Yeah. So by after that break of like, all right, he was like kind of a, he was a teen in those movies from when you were growing up. And then everybody's getting horny about the Onceler and they learn the uh, Onceler yeah. voiced by Zac Efron, who's now in his 20s and be like, oh, look at this glow up because that's what Tumblr says. And they would have been horny for newly adult Zac Efron. Yeah, I guess so. Potentially. And that's what I think would have happened. <laughs> that's my what if. Yeah. Let me write for your new Marvel show, Disney. <laughs> I'll put the one slur in it. 
uh, these next two questions are just for me. Um, is is Eidolon Rock a Scooby Doo? I think so. Um, Eidolon Rock is one of two parts of a uh, a podcast called Eidolon Eidolon Playtest, uh, which is a actual play podcast that is playtesting a game called Eidolon. Um, I forget what the subtitle is. Because uh, I almost did the interstitial thing, which is not the same. But Eidolon is like a like a JoJo's or Persona or that kind of thing inspired thing, where each character has like a uh, like a manifestation of their spirit or whatever mm-hmm. that has superpower. An avatar. Uh, yeah. Uh, if anybody has watched the thing for the next. Final Fantasy XIV expansion, the new job, Reaper, where they have the avatar uh, that is a ghost that hangs out with them. It's like that. Uh, but basically, Eidolon Rock is a group that consists of uh, Pinball Wizard Harvey D. Godlove, who's also... I, I can't say any of the things that I want to say about Harvey D. Godlove that wouldn't be spoilers. Um, but he does never lose. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh- then there is Chris, whose name I don't remember, last name I don't remember. He's just like a nerd. He's just like a big nerd who plays games on his PlayStation Portable. Uh, there's Virginia Valentine, who's like the leader of their group because they worked for a like casino crime boss who was part of a larger group. That This all is not important, but they also have a fox that they hang out with that can talk. <laughs> Because the fox also has an idol on, and that's what makes them a Scooby Doo. <laughs> okay. They they travel around the country, uh, dealing with uh, people who are trying to stop them from doing their thing. Gotcha. It's like a you know, there's like a different thing every week. It's it's basically a Scooby Doo. It's extremely a Scooby Doo. Um. So, what would each of Mystery Inc.'s idolons be? Okay. Um. So I'm going to tell you some guidelines so you can try to help me here. Okay. Basically, um, every Eidolon is named after a, a, a song, generally, or like a lyric from a song. Okay, so this is basically JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes, like I said, it is very inspired by that. Gotcha. Um, it's like how I'm writing a game that's inspired by Yu-Gi-Oh! That kind of thing. Gotcha. Um... But to give you a good example, like the the best example I could think of to make this make sense for you, is there is a character in the show who has the idol on vivid memories turned to fantasy, uh, which has the power of letting them turn any picture into a like a, a real version of the thing in the picture. For example, they pulled up a picture of a train on their phone and then like used their power on it and then a train came flying out of their phone. Gotcha. The unfortunate thing is I don't remember song li- I don't remember song lyrics or songs ever. So I can't help you. I will say is w- I it would be Scooby Doo songs. Oh yeah, if we limit this to sh- songs that have only showed up in Scooby Doo, this would be one a little bit harder because I'd have to remember them all. Um, but two, very funny. <laughs> um, you could probably give Scooby Doo uh, an idol on of like just like what's new. Um, I don't know what would it do. 
Oh, okay. Here, here's what Scooby Doo is. It's called What's New, as in like What's New Scooby Doo. Um, and every time, like, basically, uh, the Eidolon's power lets him whenever that he opens a door, it can go to somewhere else, which explains hallway scenes, the hallway chases. Oh, nice. Um, let me see what else do I what do I have on my Spotify? Maybe I can <laughs> find something here. The fact that people can remember songs and song lyrics has always just like super impressed me. Because I can sing along to a song after I've listened to it several times, but like if you asked me to sing a song right now, I would be like, uh I've never listened to a song before in my life. What are you talking about? Hmm. There are certain songs that I think I could get away with just like starting to sing. I don't think I could tell you all of the lyrics to any given song. Yeah. Without having the music playing. Shaggy's would be a food song, maybe? <laughs> yes, a food song, the classic form form of song. Listen! I'm trying! <laughs> I know, I'm just giving you a hard time. I know. Speaking of which, I have the song here, Hard Times. I don't know if that would be anyone's, um, yeah. but I do have it here. The reason I mentioned it is I just popped on to, um, like... This I'm on the Scoobypedia page trying to find Scooby-Doo songs. Is diners for dinner, dinner for diners, and I was I have no idea what the context is, but it made me immediately think of Shaggy. Oh, if that's the name of a song, I can just I don't need to listen to the song. I can just tell you what it does. Gotcha. Because uh, if that's the name of it, then what it does is it's like the thing that allows uh, Shaggy Rogers to consume any form of uh, matter. Yeah, <laughs> he becomes matter eater lad. Yes. Or maybe the Eidolon consumes anything. I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a, one of those that is the same person. Um, let's see. <laughs> there was the song Fear is Just a Word by U-Boat from Moon Monster Madness. Oh, God, I remember that one. Yeah. Isn't that the one where Scooby and Shaggy sing to try to bra- uh, make themselves brave? Maybe. I'm, hold on. I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to type in Scooby-Doo, fear is just a word. <laughs> yes, because right. it's, it's the one that the, the other guy started saying. Yeah, U-Boat. Yeah. That's U-Boat's Eidolon. Yeah. <laughs> Makes him afraid of nothing. God, Moon, Man- Moon Monster Madness is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one that I'm going to have to try to cut down time-wise, just because it's going to take me a long... I, I do want to answer more than just the two that we have so far. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, actually, I, I have an idea. This is... This is one that I want to use the name, but I don't like what the name implies about it, but I'm going to use it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, although I guess, actually, you could use either. No, okay, I'm going to use the other one. I was going to say Sinwagon, but actually I'm going to use Dragula. And it's Fred's Eidolon is Dragula, and that just makes his Eidolon the mystery machine. Because uh, some Eidolons are just objects that you can use with um, supernatural <laughs> ability, like superhuman ability to it. Nice. Um, to compare it to a JoJo's character, there's the JoJo character, Whole Horse, whose stand, which is an Eidolon, essentially, y- is a gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a gun. It's just a gun. So Fred's is just uh, the mystery machine. That's actually perfect. I have an idea. I just need a song for it, I think, here. 
which is kind of a problem. Okay, here we go. We can I can work with this. All right, I have the Carly Rae Jepsen song here. When I needed you, I don't remember anything about it. I just know what it's. That's the name of it. Um, and basically, uh, Daphne's Eidolon allows her to like convince anyone that they know her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Oh, you know me. We go way back. Yeah, that's 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 perfect. I love that. I'm surprised that isn't like just a thing already that Daphne does. Alright, now what is Oh my gosh, it made me think of Kim Possible. Who does yeah. actually know everyone. Yeah, it's it's very much like that. Yeah. And then Velma's has gotta be something that allows her to see like minuscule details or something. I'm just mm -hmm. trying to think of a good song for that. Oh, what's the name of that song? Alright, I found a song. Uh, it's just called Little Things. Ooh. Uh, the one that I'm thinking of, there's a lot of songs called that. I mm -hmm. I found the one by Bush, although I am seeing a song here by Linkin Park called The Little Things Give You Away. Ooh. Which extremely makes sense for something that makes you a lot more perceptive. Mm-hmm. So there we go. We did it. I'm going to have to edit that way down. We spent way longer on that than I wanted to. Yep. <laughs> we are an hour into the recording. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's speed run through the last of these questions then. Yes. Uh, Tanner also asks, if they made another Lego Dimensions, do you think it would be more successful if they didn't do Toys to Life again? I don't think Toys to Life was the problem. I think the problem is that Lego sets just cost so dang much. Yeah. Um... And even then, I would still want it to be like, this is, like, it would probably also want to tie it to, like, uh, maybe not Toys to Life, but when you buy a set, it comes with a code that you put into a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I also don't know if, um, I don't know if LEGO Dimensions is the thing that would do well at all these days. I don't think any of those game style, like, those styles of game would really hit it off again. Um, yeah, because like a lot of like th new things that hit that demographic are more sandboxy these days. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the current theme of popularity. And like they do have like a game that I don't know if it is received well or if it's even still running. It was like Lego Worlds or something, which is like a sandboxy Minecraft but of Lego. Hmm. Uh, last question from Tanner is, what's your favorite Bonicle? Or, sorry, Bonkle. Which is, they are referring to Bionicle, I believe. And I don't remember any of their names or anything like that. Um, I liked the green ones because I liked the color green. Oh, okay, yes, it is. It is. It is Bionicle. I, the only reason I hesitated is because I was like, uh... And then I saw Know Your Me. So. I don't know anything about Bionicle at all. Did you ever have Bionicle? Did you ever? Nope. No? I wasn't really a, I guess, builder kind of kid. Like, mm -hmm. I built some things, like some toys that I had, but I, I don't know. I didn't really have any kind of Bionicle. I barely even yeah. had Legos. I think I was gonna say like just by color, but I also know that there are like two generations of Bionicles, like character-wise, that are all like share the same colors and elements. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like a like a 
passing of like generations or whatever. Um, and I vaguely remember like I don't know anything about the lore really, uh, but I think the ice ones were cool. They had like some uh, one of them had like a cool like uh, splinter cell ice situation going on. Also, I think just like the small ones that aren't bionicles. I don't know what they are called. Just like the little tiny dudes that have um, those little toys of them. They had like little clips to like that were shaped like a cup, almost like a like a cup holder type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that you could do is you could stick a little disc in there, like a little frisbee disc, and then they could throw it hmm. or something like that. Yeah, I know there was a movie where there's like a golden mask or something, and it's like the the white Power Ranger situation. Mm. There was a movie. Oh, there's there's several Bionicle movies. Oh, okay. the The most famous one is uh, Bionicle Mask of Light. Gotcha. But there's also Bionicle Two Masks or Legends of Metro Nui, and Bionicle Three Web of Shadows. That one had like spiders in it. Hmm. Bion- There's a 2009 Bionicle movie. Bionicle The Legend Reborn. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of talking about Bionicle. We're not a podcast about that. Um, We are a podcast about Scooby-Doo movies, and this time we watched Scooby-Doo... Uh, Lego Scooby-Doo, rather. Lego Scooby-Doo Haunted Hollywood. And it was released on May 10th, 2016. Directed by Rick Morales. Produced by Rick Morales and Alan Burnett. Written by James Krieg, story by Heath Corson and Dwayne Capizzi. Uh, real quick, I did look up Rick Morales. So I was like curious because you know, yeah, the situation uh, does do the other Lego Scooby Doo thing. Also, was like a storyboard artist on just like a lot of Cartoon Network shows. Yeah, and I stuff saw that. like all of the Ben Tens and uh, you know a few other stuff in that kind of field. I think also on like Teen Titans go to the movies. Mm-hmm. Lots of Batman stuff. I wonder how he ended up on the, like the direction like directing situation after storyboard artist. Or even like during storyboard artist work. Interesting. Anyways, featuring the voice acting talents of Frank Welker as Scooby-Doo and Fred Jones, Matthew Lord as Shaggy Rogers, Kate McCucci as Velma Dinkley, Gray Griffin or Gray Delisle Griffin as Daphne Blake, D. Bradley Baker as Sea Creature, Malt Shop, Walt, and Zombie. J.B. Blanc as Atticus Fink and Director. Christian Lons as Brian Lakeshore and Mummy. Scott Menville as Junior. Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, as Drella Diabolique. And James Arnold Taylor as Chet Brickton and the Narrator. Actually, I do need to look up one thing because I meant to look this up earlier, but I didn't. I was looking up um, Scott Menville, just so you know where I'm, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the thing I wanted to double check. Uh, so Scott Menville actually also voiced Shaggy Rogers at one point. Um, oh. Back in the show Shaggy and Scooby-Doo Get a Clue. Um, be honest with you, Mr. Menville, did not do a particularly good Shaggy Rogers. Uh, but more people might recognize him as the voice of Robin of Teen Titan. Oh. Or uh, Red Herring from a pup named Scooby-Doo. Oh, hey. Or Rocket the Sloth from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. That one's more of a poll. I didn't even 
I didn't know that there was a sloth. Uh, very large pile of things that uh, this particular person is voiced in. What's like your most recent work? I'm curious now. Still Robin on Teen Titans Go. Makes sense. <laughs> Voices a character called Mr. Junior in uh, Be Cool Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's Doc Ock in the current Spider-Man cartoon. Oh, interesting. That's very interesting, actually. You any movies? I didn't know that they actually made Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Oh, the crossover? Yeah, it's a directed. Okay, no, that's why I didn't know. It was a directed video animated film. Oh. So I remember, um, remember there being like something about it at the end of the movie. Anyways, um. <laughs> Anyways, okay, that's enough. I'm closing that tab. <laughs> uh, do you mind if I just like start speed running us through this movie? Sure. We've uh we've been talking for a bit. Oh, granted, uh, a lot of it is uh, dead air, so. It is a lot of um, dead air. But I do want to, you know, just keep it a little quick for editing yeah. purposes. Yeah, that sounds fine to me. Um, so if you have anything you would like to add, feel free to interrupt me. Yeah. Uh, we open on Brixton Studios at night. There are posters for movies such as The Attack of the 15-Inch Woman. Uh, <laughs> but it's like she's still giant because they're Legos. Yeah. Uh, the Vampire Bites, or I guess vamp- Vampire? It's spelled with a Y. <laughs> um, Stud Moon Rising, which is like a werewolf one. And then a Frankenstein one that we don't see the name of because it's blocked off by stuff on the ground. Uh, we see Junior, who is a guard, walking around at night. Uh, there's a commotion. He gets spooked by a cat, and then he's attacked by... Uh, Suddenly a horse. Yes, a horse. Um, I don't know, is this, does this character the Headless Horseman, a Headless Horror, a Headless Rider? I think it's called the Headless Horror. Like, that's the movie title. So, here's the thing, here's the reason I'm bringing it up, is because it does say that on the movie poster, and then later they bring it up and talk about it, and they call it, like, Return of the Headless Rider or something. Did they? I guess they did. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Nephew of the Headless Rider's Curse. That was the name of the movie. It's in my notes. I guess it uh, doesn't really matter. I, I'm just going to call him the Headless Horror or occasionally the Horseman. Yeah. Or sometimes just the Monster. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess technically it kind of uh, it doesn't really matter, does it? When I refer to him as the Monster, I also refer to the other thing as something more specific. Gotcha. Because it's easier to refer to the other thing as something more specific. Yeah. Uh, anyways, he gets attacked by the Headless Horseman, you know, with the pumpkin head and all that. Yeah. Something uh, of note is that there was a little newspaper block, like, you know, just a little mm-hmm. Lego block, and it says on it, Bricklin- Brickton Studios on verge of collapse, and then it blows in the wind like an actual paper. Mm-hmm. Love Lego. There's, there's a lot of fun, like, Lego-style jokes that you can only do with Lego, like, uh... Mm-hmm. Hair. At one point, Scooby just throws Shaggy's hair off at the monster to try to distract it. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. Costume changes that only make sense with the fact that they can swap their hair out with helmets and and everything like that. Uh, My favorite thing, though, is that because Scooby Doo is not a Lego minifigure, uh, Scooby actually can't wear any costume except for hats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they obviously don't point this out, but I noticed it because I was curious what they were going to do. 
Well, I actually also noticed the fact that it doesn't technically even make sense that he can wear hats because it's not like his ears can come off. Oh, that's true. It's like, it it's fine, it doesn't matter, but there's no way for his the little the helmets also shrink by the way so they they must have like custom helmets for him it doesn't it's fine but i just noticed it because it was funny Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, but yeah we cut to the gang they're at a lighthouse shaggy and scooby are acting as bait so they can catch a fish man they're very Uh, annoyed by this because they they want to stop or at least shaggy doesn't want to keep bait getting anymore yeah he, like the, every time it goes all right uh shaggy scooby do you want to do it and they're like no would you do it for a scooby snack and they end up saying yes and shaggy is resolved okay no more being bait for scooby snacks yes much no to more being Scooby's... bribed about them yeah much to uh scooby's confusion but he just rolls with it mm-hmm. uh and i want to say i have to a note here of like how this feels more dynamic than normal because like they're doing this conversation as they are like walking into the lighthouse and going up the stairs and all of this yeah. other stuff and they definitely would have done this as like in a more stationary setting in a yeah in a regular cartoon i believe which is so weird because they wouldn't need to do that in a stationary setting in a regular cartoon it's it's like yeah i think it's because they have to do like, you know, more lip syncing and stuff. And, you know, like, uh. yes, 3D animation is still animation and still t- requires animation work. I feel like there's still like a little bit less, uh, like issue with doing a dynamic scene in that case, that's, though, which is like, that's a good point. Why you see in 2D animation, you know, things will get blocked out with 3D, like car scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, um that's just my speculation. Yeah. So the sea creature, which I feel like we've seen before in a regular Scooby-Doo a setting. Yeah, it feels just like a generic Scooby-Doo fish monster. Yeah, the sea creature is behind them. Rawr. Mm-hmm. And Scooby and Shaggy make a run for it, but are trapped. At um, the top of the tower. Yes. Uh, and Scooby grabs a fishing rod and uses it to make a zip line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they jump from the zip line into a speedboat. And then somehow the monster has been clinging to the back of the speedboat. As uh, they speed away. Mm-hmm. And we see the rest of the gang being like, all right, so we have this trap set up for when they leave the lighthouse. <laughs> but they're already out because they went off the top. Yeah. Um, Little bit of a chase sequence. Um, but then the boat crashes onto the beach. And instead Shaggy of is, the monster. Yeah, Shaggy and Scooby go flying and end up in the net. Uh, this creature starts stalking towards Fred, Daphne, and Velma, um, but as it passes underneath Shaggy and Scooby in the net, Shaggy and Scooby in, uh, fall down and crash it and trap it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they unmask the fisherman to the fishman to reveal the old lighthouse keeper who was supposedly lost at sea, but actually that doesn't make any sense, and they uh, spin the head around. Lego style. Uh huh, and it's revealed to be Verona Dempsey, who I guess gets like a name. Yeah. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby angrily speed them through the wrap up so they can go eat food. Yes. Uh, and they go to a diner and eat a bunch of Lego burgers. 
<laughs> much to um the restaurant owner's uh confusion because they just interrupted a burger eating contest which uh, i do want to point out the line that he says of like what are you doing and shaggy's is like about 10 burgers a minute yeah <laughs> yeah uh the restaurant owner offers to let Sh- shaggy and scooby like into the contestant uh contest but the contestants are like you know what no we're we're out um because they know they can't compete and instead shaggy scooby and the rest of the gang have won a trip to hollywood hollywood Um, uh let me get the title sequence and i just like i don't know if this is something that would have ever been done in a regular cartoon scooby-doo but it fits so well with lego yeah, I think it's like a little bit more slapdash than like a like a regular Scooby Doo, but also like the, the difference between this and a regular Scooby Doo is that Scooby regular Scooby Doo would have drawn this out a little bit longer. I think. I agree. They would have added Simon Cow. <laughs> uh, so the title sequence, I think it has like a weird musical choice, but like whatever. I don't remember anything about it because I, I watched that part of the movie like three days ago. They um. It's basically just them driving to Hollywood. It's a pretty typical just mm-hmm. transition scene. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I had all this of thought. the names for the credits get built out of Legos. Yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. I had this thought, and the restaurant owner had said, it's an all-expenses-paid trip to Hollywood, and they're driving the mystery machine. So, Fred, I hope you're saving the gas receipts. Yeah. I don't know if that actually, like matters in an all expense paid vacation probably doesn't but it just made me think of it mm. um so they go to brixton brickton brickton yes brickton, brickton studios. studios uh let's see brickton they go there for the tour because they get a tour as part of their thing um but everything's sort of run down daphne is really hyped because it's a movie studio uh she's ready to break into the business uh, we see the guard from before, minding the gate. Uh, the studio used to make monster movies. Uh, and Velma says the only thing to fear at a movie studio are the sequels. <laughs> says um, uh, a character in a, a movie that is getting a sequel. Yeah. That's an entire franchise of sequels. Mm-hmm. I meant specifically um, the Lego Scooby-Doo stuff, but yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Um... The gang are canonically from Crystal Cove in this one, because they mention Crystal Cove. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guard, Junior, hints about rumors about what happened to him, uh, you know, and like the monsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. We see some more movie posters. We've got the Headless Horror, the Marauding Mummy, and the Son of Zombie. The guard, uh, Junior, valets them to the mystery machine that is the tour guide. He's wearing a different suit each time, I think. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because I, I, before I realized, oh, it's just the actual same person, I was kind of expecting them to just go with it, like Lego to just go with it and just use the same model, but mm-hmm. it'd be different characters. But nope, it's Junior each time. And it's the same person, again, for three different jobs so far, um, because the studio fell on hard times. He's mm-hmm. also the janitor. And a whole bunch of other things that I did not write down. Yes, he's um, also uh, specifically uh, the gopher for uh, 
Brickton. Chet Brickton. Chet Brickton. Who's the big shot movie director or whatever. Velma gives him a lot of job titles and I didn't write down any of them. He owns yeah. the studios. And they're named after him. You can tell based off of Chet Brickton's attitude that Junior does not get paid for all of the jobs that he does. He gets paid for one of them. Yep. And he was uh, given one extra every time someone left. Yep. Just like capitalism. Yep. Um... Uh, apparently, there's another guest for their tour, Atticus Fink. He's very important. Brickton tells the Junior to keep the riot monster free. Junior says something about the monster actually being someone's ghost, but then he gets cut off. Fink is very much one of those I am better than you type yeah. people. Um, Junior takes them all on a tour. Yes, and the first stop through, of the tour. Yeah, guiding them through the different sets. First one is an old western. And he actually kind of does like a mock-up of a shootout. Yeah, he does himself. a whole stunt show by himself. He's ducking and, in between doors and changing outfits and making gun noises while not holding a gun. Yeah, and uh, the voice actor for Junior does a really great job because at the end, he actually genuinely sounds like he got injured. Mm -hmm. Like he's in pain. And I'm He's like, a very good voice actor. Oh, very yeah. prolific oh, yeah. as a result. I don't... I don't... I don't, I don't I did not t pay attention to who voices Junior, which is oh, why that I was the say. one that I was talking about at the top. Uh, Scott gotcha, Nenville, gotcha. Uh who was Shaggy at one point, is Robin from all of the animated Robin stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Um, several, 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 several other things. Yeah. Um. So it goes to the next stop of the Grimsley Mansion, which is the one, um, that, that we talked about earlier in the last yes. uh, uh, short. And Velma mentions, like, hey, no, you've been there. We solved that. And, you know, uh, Fred's like, oh, you can never... There's so many of whatever. They, like, lampshade it. Yeah. Um, also, but, however, she doesn't actually remember there being a zombie before. Yes, because um, this is for the horror movie, the Grimsley zombie, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they head onto a soundstage for a show called Brickmasters, which I think is actually the name of a show. I don't care enough to look it up. I'm gonna look it up. I think it's actually like a Lego building reality show of real oh. life. Gotcha. Apparently, um, at least within the canon of the Lego Scooby-Doo franchise, uh, it is a long-running hit TV show. Uh, sorry, I, I was thinking of Lego Masters. Ah, okay. Maybe it's just a reference. And they refer to the people who are good at Legos as being Brickmasters. Gotcha. Um, as they're exploring the set, it is too dark. There are no lights on. Um, and at this point, Atticus Fink gets spooked and runs off. And it's because there is the sound of a horse nearby. Mm-hmm. And then the Headless Horror shows up. Yes. For randomly, the cart that they were on uh, cuts out. And uh, Junior can't start it up again. Um, once the Headless Horseman shows up, uh, Daphne punches the button that starts the cart, and it starts! And we get another chase sequence. Yep, they go through the western set, and then Fred does like an action hero dive to turn on some floodlights, and he shines it on the monster, which scares him off. And then Atticus Fink shows back up after trying to find Brickton to complain. And Fred says the classic, looks like we got another mystery on our hands. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Brickton is trying to sell the studio to Atticus, who calls off the deal because of it being haunted. The studio is doing really bad, and they're making the last movie. And Junior comes in to tell them to stop making this boring rom-con and make a horror movie like they used to. Uh, Uh, The gang gets taken to a theater to get the history of the studio. Uh, We learn about some movies, such as The Nephew of the Headless Rider's Curse. The star of this movie was star of these movies was Boris Karnak. He had the ability to play any monster, but he passed away, and they haven't made a successful movie since. Uh, Vampire Lady shows up and says, "Oh well, I know why." And she introduces herself as Drella. She roasts Shaggy. (laughs) I forget what she says. Um, Um, I don't remember. I didn't write it down either. She's got millions of fans, and from what I understood, is that she. Hosts a show, and in between like segments, she kind of rags on the old horror movies. You know, yes, like you do. Because that's what her show is, is showing the old movies. It's it's very much an Elvira. It's Elvira. It's basically Elvira. It's, she's vo- voiced by Elvira because it's Elvira. Yes. As one of um, Elvira's three appearances in a Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. Um, she mentions the fact that there is a curse Yes, and the spirit of Boris Karnak has cursed the studio because he was too good at being a monster that he couldn't stop being a monster. Yeah, so he came back to haunt him as the stu- as the characters that he created or played as. Mm-hmm. And we um, see security footage of the other monsters having shown up. Yeah. The gang stays to help solve the problem, and we go see where the rom-com is being shot. It's Two Hearts in Paris. Daphne really Daphne wants to be involved. so psyched. She wants to be part of it. She's like kind of over-exaggerated about it, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. It, like, it definitely makes sense for like, you know, this is a Lego movie. We find out later, and it's very tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, is that she is so excited, and she has been so excited to be part of a movie for the last three days ever since they got invited to Hollywood. Yes. So it's it's very much a... This is just something that I'm currently interested in, and it's very clearly just part of the movie. Yes. It's not too bad, because it's not... It's overbearing, but not, like, drastically so, like certain other films have done. I don't know. I just I just read it as the joke it was, and just kind of rolled with it. Yeah, it just... it Like, it started to rag on me a little bit after it kept happening. Yeah, there's a certain point. But then again, it happens to Fred, too. Yeah, but, like, Fred's is, like, so much faster, and, like, Daphne gets hit with the, uh, the joke stick so much in every other Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. That I'm like, just, just give her a break. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it did drag on a little bit too much, thinking about it. Um, Um, so they go to the set, some stuff happens, Junior hates it. Shaggy and Scooby go to eat craft services, but then they get stopped, and then the Headless Rider shows up, chases the movie crew as Junior laughs at their terror. Yeah, he's, like, ecstatic. He loves to see a monster be scary. However, as soon as the monster um, tries to, you know, run him over, he's very scared, and Mm -hmm. he runs away. There's a fire. Fred sprays it with a fire extinguisher, causing the horsemen to leave. The crew quits. And the gang has to fill in for the casting crew so the studio doesn't go bankrupt. I hated this. But then again, it's fine because it's a Lego movie. Mm-hmm. And also, it's something that absolutely would have happened in a regular Scooby-Doo movie. Yes. Uh, Daphne, has happened. 
Daphne is so excited because she's probably going to be made the made lead because she keeps like feeding the director, um, keeps feeding like, him like things that, that need to be true do. about the the cast that she fits her or whatever. Yeah, and it's very slapstick. Uh huh. Um, so Drella is going to be like the main female lead, um, and Shaggy being so charismatic will be made the star, and Shaggy's like. Fine, I'll do it, even though it goes against my counterculture pin- principles. <laughs> um, Fred becomes the director. Velma is going to be uh, behind the camera. Yeah. And Fred promises that Daphne will have a role. Yes. Uh, and then we get... And something, <laughs> something very important to note is that Scooby is the hairdresser. Yes, uh, there's like a, a, a montage uh, thing going on where them all setting up. Uh, Scooby just keeps putting on different wigs onto Drella, and she doesn't like any of them until we get back to her like original, original hair. Original style, yeah. So they start filming this rom-com, and the Shaggy has an accent. Shaggy has put on a French accent. Yeah. Uh, Daphne keeps hamming it up for the camera. Velma at some point is suspended from a drone. There have been 73, st- 73 takes of a single scene. Because Daphne a- keeps uh, just trying to go too hard. Yeah. And so she gets sidelined. Yeah. Um, and it has become clear in this sequence of different takes is that Fred is beginning to lose himself to director jerkery. Yes, the beret has taken hold. Yes. Um, I, I but- actually, I want to go back and I want to say the thing that Fred says when, um, <laughs> when he's approached about being the director and he's like, but I have no creative vision and have never had an original thought in my life. <laughs> and Brickton is like, perfect. Yeah, but you've got an ascot and that's more than most directors have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, eventually a mummy shows up and trashes the set while the gang leaves, except for Fred and Velma, who's... Velma's trying to drag Fred away. Uh, they stumble into Atticus, and the camera was left running as they leave, and it filmed the mummy. Fred is very determined to stick with the um, movie set, um, and Velma says a really funny line: "Is directors never go down with their film? They get like ten more tries." Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is true. So we cut over um, to Daphne and Drella hiding in a dressing room. Daphne's getting some acting advice, and we get a short training montage of Daphne being clumsy. Yep. Uh, um, there was, in this sequence, uh, a little alligator Lego figurine, and I love it. It's yes, adorable. the Lego alligator is very good. I love Lego alligator. Yeah. Velma and Fred come back to the set uh, because Fred is very determined to continue. But uh-huh. the Set the camera's is completely still touched. destroyed. The camera is and still the there, cam- though. Yeah, camera's fine. Um, uh, Velma says that something here smells fishy, and Fred's like, it doesn't matter how it smells, Velma. We're not shooting in Smell-O-Rama. Yeah. I, I had to write it down again. because of the way he said Smell-O-Rama. He's like, Smell-O-Rama. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very Frank Welker pronunciation there. Yeah. The stolen treasures. <laughs> Um, uh, Scooby and Shaggy. Shaggy. Yeah, they eat food and wear costumes. <laughs> yeah, they find up a, find a bunch of costumes and have a little dress montage. Um, and they're interrupted by Junior. Junior's being a little creepy, honestly, in this scene. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. 
Um, and he- Junior is like just very creepy throughout various scenes. Yeah, he does have a moment where he asks them, wait a second, so you were scared and ran away, but you stopped because you wanted to eat food and dress up? And Scooby and Shaggy are like, yeah. And, and then it cuts away from after uh, Junior gives them a deadpan stare. Well, they also and they also said, and all of that dressing up has made us hungry, so we're going to go eat yes. some more. <laughs> yes, that, that's what happens, yeah. Um, so Fred and Velma find some footprints heading to the office. Which Brixton and Atticus end up leaving from talking to each other. And Fred's like, alright, I know how to fit. Yes. And Fred's like, I know how to fix my movie. Uh, So we cut to the gang, all of them there, hanging out in a swamp zone. Fred has introduced a stunt plane. Yes. Fred is like, it's now an action thriller. There's a stunt plane and the junior gets called away for an errand. And Velma's like, wait, are we in Paris or the Bayou? And Fred's like, the bayou is a metaphor. <laughs> a metaphor what? Um, yes. Uh, so Shaggy, Shaggy's role here is to fly the plane to pick up Drilla out of a tower. And then after he says two lines, Shaggy or Scooby takes over because he's the stuntman. Um, <laughs> and then Son of Zombie shows up and grabs onto the plane and Scooby drives out of the soundstage, breaking the wings off on the doors. Zombie Zeke! Zombie Zeke. Uh, The horseman shows up uh, to attack the rest of the gang. Scooby brings the plane back around. The zombie comes off and Scooby ends up in the air flying despite the wings being broken. Uh, The camera gets knocked over during the monster attack. Scooby crashes and destroys the western set. Um, The zombie is ready to attack the gang coming out of the debris. But then he like just like starts clutching his head and shaking it and running away, and the gang sees that the film was exposed to light and ruined. Yeah, um, Fred realizes that he got a little bit carried away with the whole directoring thing, um, and while he is devastated by the loss of the film, he's now determined to solve the mystery. Yes, and then we just. Smash cut, cut to yeah. a it's very like, abrupt and strange, like, all right, now I guess we're here. Yeah, so Fink is forcing Brickton to sign away the studio because- For even less than was originally already pretty low for the studio. Yeah, um, which is kind of weird. They didn't have to do it this way, but whatever, it's fine. Well, at this point, um, he has no other way out because he doesn't even have a movie that he could possibly make money with. Yeah. Um, so the, the, he signs the contract and the junior runs off being really being devastated. really mad about it. Yeah. Absolutely um, devastated. Yeah. Um, but, but the contract isn't valid for another 24 hours. Yes. Uh, they all leave the building and Velma brings up the fact that there were two ghosts at the same time. Uh, two monsters at the same time when this whole situation was supposed to be just the one ghost. Yes, of the an ghost actor. of Karnak, yeah. And and Fred says something along the lines of there can't be two ghosts of two two versions of the same ghost at the same time and I'm like do you, how do you know? Have you ever is seen not, Have you ever seen the ghosts not do that? Yeah. It's totally possible. Uh we don't know how ghosts work. How do ghosts work? Yeah. I mean it's possible in Danny Phantom. Yes, Danny Phantom does it. Yeah. Um, 
So Velma is kind of suspicious about this whole thing. Yes, um, uh, and points out, like, well, the monster kept showing up whenever they were trying to film, so it's time to make the show continue. Yeah. The show, it must go on. Yes. And um, they go to bribe She encourages Shaggy Fred. Oh, go ahead. She encourages Fred uh, by saying he's great at directing, much to everyone's kind of, like, shock. But it's not movies he's great at directing, it's traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they try to convince, they go to convince Shaggy and Scooby to, uh, you know, be bait for the trap. And they're like, or would you do it for a Scooby snack? Uh, and they're like, no. And Shaggy's, Shaggy's like, well, but we are going to do it. Because the show must go must on. Must go on, yes. And I 100% expected Brickton to bribe them with catering. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he did earlier. Yeah. Um, um, so We get another montage. Yes, a montage of the trap being set up and Shaggy and Scooby doing remodeling of a room area. The plane is repaired, but this time it's in mystery ink colors. Mm-hmm. Shaggy and Scooby make a sandwich with a blueprint. That that one's yeah. fun. That was fun. It's very Lego. It, it went on a little long for yeah. the joke, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Um, we do see, uh, towards that the end Atticus of this montage, yes. Atticus Fink sees them through the win- window of his building, and they, he wonders what they're doing. Um, but then we cut, and Scooby and Shaggy are arriving at the mansion. Yes, it is at, at night, night now. And they're talking about the film almost being done. They enter the mansion, and the zombie, Zombie Zeke, is following after them. Um, but when they when he arrives in the room, Scooby and Shaggy are apparently talking to Fred in. Uh, yes, it's just a tape recorder playing it's a just conversation. It's a tape recorder. And suddenly, uh, the Headless Horseman is also there. Yeah, so he walks in from the door on the clearly, opposite side. Yeah, it's very clearly they were both following the same trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Shaggy and Scooby close the door behind the monsters, and then Velma comes in from a third door and taunts the <laughs> horseman to follow her down a hallway. And then Shaggy and Scooby do the same thing to the zombie. Yes. We get an- another little chase sequence. A lot of little uh, montages in this. Yeah, it's very short, and they don't even... Every time they start to play music, I'm like, oh, is this going to be like the classic Scooby-Doo music? And it's not. It's like Aww. an off-brand version of it, and it keeps getting me every time. <laughs> uh, so Velma ducks into a room being chased by uh, the monster. The monster goes into the room, finds Fred instead, and then falls through the floor... And then, like, runs through another wall and then ends up, like, dangling off a balcony before Fred just, like, pushes him off mm-hmm. uh, in onto the ground where he gets uh, built into a cage by Velma. Yeah. Like, he just looks at her as she's doing it. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then the zombie is chasing Shaggy and Scooby up a tower that they jump out of. And then the zombie follows onto a bridge. But doesn't see them, just sees Drella. And so he walks over there, and then Drella falls off. And then Daphne comes up behind the zombie, also dressed like Drella, to scare the zombie. Yes, because Drella had just threatened the zombie with a curse that if she died- haunted forever. Yeah, he'll be haunted forever. And then Daphne is- Being suspended by the drone. Yes, as if she were floating. And the zombie is also, like, captured. 
Yeah, it uh, falls off, lands on a crash pad, then they the the plane flies in. This is the only thing the plane was used for. Yeah. Flies in to just drop a net, even though, like, it's just chilling on that crash pad for a little bit, and you could just throw a net over him. Yeah. Um. um so and the then, gang reconvenes, and they wait until morning. <laughs> yeah, they wait until morning when the police arrive, and so does Brickton. Uh, and Brickton's like, alright, so uh, where's the mummy? And why did you wait for him to be here? And Velma's like, or Fred's like, well, it's all about the dramatic flair. And Velma says that these are the only two monsters because she knows who they are. So so she unmasks the writer to reveal Atticus Fink. Uh, and the contract is voided due to his fraud. And there was a clue apparently in his office that I don't think we ever got. No, we didn't see it. And like the other clue was like nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, it was like Atticus apparently is a very accomplished horseman and he has like a whole bunch of like trophies or pictures in his office, uh-huh, which we never got to see because that would have been too obvious. And the uh and the other clue was that after Fred blinded the horseman, when Atticus showed up, he was blinking a lot, even though I guess yeah. like he wasn't really blinking too much. Yeah. And it's not it's Lego. You it's can't Lego. tell. You can't tell. Yeah. Uh, but it's fine. It's like, the thing is, is that there was no red herring in we'll this get, movie. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, But yes, so. So Atticus uh, gets carted off to the hoose cow. He first threatens is that it doesn't matter because he signed, the contract has been signed. However, Daphne points out that there is a um uh, a stipulation about fraud in that contract, which... Maybe he just kind of, like, had a contract just in general. So he didn't write it specifically. I don't know how contracts work. So the thing is, he ha- he says that he has a lawyer because he wasn't going to drop off the contract until the next day with his lawyer. Yeah. So if the lawyer uh, typed it up, then that might have just been, like, you know, like a standard Yeah, that's what I Purchasing meant, yeah. clause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so he gets carted off to the hoose cow. Um, um, meanwhile. Then they're like, all right, so who's who's the zombie? And Velma's like, well, the zombie had nothing to do with Atticus. And he does so, motivations. Yes. And she unmasks the zombie to reveal... Junior! Junior. Um, junior <laughs> <Sorry>. has been... <laughs> I, I was thinking about the Smash Brothers announcer saying, Bowser, <laughs> Junior... <laughs> Um, Junior's motivation was entirely because he didn't want the studio to not make movies for horror anymore. Yeah, um, so he was trying so to spice he, up the rom-com. Yes, he has spent the last six months dressing up as monsters from the old movies and interrupting the um, the rom-com movie just because he wanted them to be horror movies instead. Yeah, I, I do want to say there is a clue here that for him that we also didn't know, which is that the monsters didn't show up until he started working in there six months ago. Which, that's not something that we ever found out, ever. Yeah. That he first started six months ago, or the movie, yeah. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, um. So, and then he, he doesn't like Drella either, out. because Drella makes fun of all of a. Uh, who do we find that out from? Because it wasn't the gang, right? No, Velma says it. 
Velma does say it. Velma oh, says okay. the thing about when when he was hired because she yeah, does the explanation. Then. If if uh, Brickton had said it, I would have been fine with it. But the fact that Velma said it is just kind of like, mm-hmm. where when did she? No, it's all right. Uh, I mean, she yes. might have gone over the records, but it's not something that we know that happened. So it's just like, a, well, anything could have happened off screen. Yeah. Um, um, but yes. But yeah, he hates saying. he hates Adrella because she makes fun of the all of the old horror movies as part of her show. But she's like, it's I like, do that because I like them and I want people to see them. Yeah, it's like, really, really, Junior. People just d- be like that for certain things. And then she realizes that Junior looks just like Boris because his name is Boris Kornok Junior, which you think Brickton would know what being the one who hired him. Yeah. Unless Junior uh, did his some pay pro- under the table. Yeah, took his pay under the table, which I guess Brickton would probably prefer anyways. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. also there's the option of Junior kind of like Doing maybe fraudulent. wasn't yeah stuff um anyways without a film the studio will go bankrupt oh also Brickton has the cops let junior go because he did it for the love of the game yeah um this whole the whole scene is interrupted by scooby and shaggy who are laughing because they're watching security footage watching the security footage where they're being ridiculous and being chased and fred mentions it's fred right I think it's Fred. Uh, that- well, Shaggy says it's just like a fi- uh, the the funniest viral video. That's and Fred's right. like viral video. That's it. Yeah, this would make a great found footage horror movie. Yeah, and Britain's like, oh yeah, audiences love those fake things. Um, yep. and so they cut it all together to uh, make a movie, and then we see the premieres red carpet, and mm-hmm. everybody Bunch comes of in. Interviews. They talk to stuff. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby fly in on the plane from before and they sign autographs for Scooby Snacks. Scoob takes a selfie with the rest of the cast. Scooby Dooby Doo. Yep. Okay. Um, that's yep. the movie. It it's alright. It was fine enough, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's not that bad of a Scooby Doo film. It's, it's very. Yeah. It's. Not like I could see who it was, like who the who done it, like mm-hmm. crystal clear. But that's not you know a negative thing because that's it was one of those things where like I wasn't quite sure what route they were going to take because for a while they only showed the one monster at a time. Um, yeah, and so it took me a little bit to like narrow down there. So which one of these two is the red herring kind of thing? Yeah, but then oh, they yeah, both show up. Point. About halfway through, they start showing up together. Yeah. So, I guess that's kind of the twist, in yeah. a sense, but not Is that quite as were much two, of it. Two like unconnected monsters. Yeah. So they weren't. They didn't have the same. I think that's the big difference. Is that they did not have the same motivation, uh, behind what were what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it's entirely like theoretically, that... we're acting completely independently of each other. Yeah, I think they were. Um. So it's like entirely possible that six months prior, Junior was doing his thing and, you know, causing things to be worse. Yeah, and, and then Fink was going to capitalize on that. by Yeah, Fink was going to be a very classic Scooby-Doo villain and capitalize on the story already there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's like a solid, like, middle tier. I, I yeah. think it's, uh, I'm like, I'm 
looking at the list and Guessing. I'm like I'm like pointing to the stand saying it's going probably going to go about there. Um but the halfway point here is how do you think it compares to Scooby-Doo Pirates Ahoy? Mm. That's the one where they're on the mystery cruise and they do like 17 unmaskings. Is that the one? Yeah. They do 17 unmaskings back to back because they're all like fake mystery set up by the the crew of the of the ship. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. I think this one was better. Okay. Um, in that case, how does this movie compare to Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed? Hmm, I think Monsters Unleashed is better. I agree. It's just, you know, uh, like, it's like a lot of the same vibes. I just think it's a little bit funnier. Yeah. You know, a little bit less like Lego slapstick. How does this movie compare to Scooby-Doo in the Ghoul School? I, I think it might be worse than Ghoul School. Like, Ghoul School had that thing of it being, like, three different unconnected th- movies, like, or vaguely connected movies, more like a series of yeah. shorts. Um, But, you know, it, uh, I just, you know, it had Fantastic in it several times. <laughs> yeah. I think Ghoul School is better, yeah. All right. Uh, in that case, how does it compare to Stage Fright? Stage Fright is the one with the a million and one Phantoms of the Opera. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where there were multiple. Huh. Okay, so who did it better then? I kind of like Stage Fright because they did it more. (laughs) Yeah, I I like Stage Fright more. And also there was the fact that the original Phantom was just kind of there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're... So, like, I think they would be par on par with each other if also the ghost of Boris Karnock was there. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, that would have been so funny, though. All right. So how does this compare to Big Top Scooby-Doo, which is the one with the circus? Hmm. Uh, circus is the one that had, like, the, all right, we solved the mystery, and then they had to go hunt down a train because the mystery wasn't actually solved. Okay, then, yeah. I, I kind of like Big Top better. Okay. So it's like so smack right it, in the middle. Yeah, it puts it smack dab in the middle. Okay. Now now speaking of uh the ghost being also part of the movie, it would have been really funny to have who we would later find out is Junior meet the ghost of his father dressed as the mm-hmm. same monster as him. That would have been oh, really yeah. funny. Real good. Kind of like a the, the whole Nessie thing that happened. Mm-hmm. So we now have forty movies on this list. <laughs> Jeez. Um, let me see here. This is what thirty-seven. We have forty movies. Forty movies on our list because we added. Um, there's two movies on there that weren't on our list originally. Oh, sorry, no, thirty-nine. We're at okay. mark thirty or forty because yeah. Next movie will be forty movies on the list. Yeah. The difference is because of Pokemon and Sonic. Yep. All right. Whew. All right, I got to read the list. Here we go. <clears throat> yes. I don't think I read it last time. From the bottom to the top, every Scooby-Doo movie we have ranked so far consists of... Monster of Mexico. Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers. Return to Zombie Island. Scooby-Doo goes Hollywood. Scooby-Doo and Arabian Nights. Samurai Sword. Frank and Creepy. Curse of the Lake Monster. Alien Invaders. Loch Ness Monster. Legend of the Vampire. Aloha. Scooby-Doo. WrestleMania Mystery, Zombie Island, Music of the Vampire, Scooby-Doo 2002, Mask of the Blue Falcon, Pirates Ahoy, Lego Scooby-Doo, Haunted Hollywood, 
Big Top, Stage Fright, Scoop, Moon Monster Madness, School School, Sonic the Hedgehog 2020, Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Cyber Chase, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, Legend of the Phantasaur, Abracadabra Doo, Daphne and Velma, Rock and Roll Mystery, Where's My Mummy, Chill Out Scooby-Doo, Goblin King, Witch's Ghost, Camp Scare. Yay! Huzzah! So, I guess it's time for plugs. Yeah, I was like, what do we do when we don't have a guest? Well, we used to do Patreon first as part of the plugs, but now we just do the plugs. Yeah. Uh, so you can find the show on Twitter, at Kids and Their Dog. And that's it. <laughs> do we want to mention the other one? The, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name. Digital Cryptids. At yes. Digital Cryptids on Twitter, where you can find, um, I am very, very slowly uploading all of the old Patreon bonus stuff there. Yeah. Right now we have... Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which if you want to go listen to us talk about, like, the day after we see the movie. We're actually the same day. I think day it was that, the day. The I think day. it was that night. Yes, it had been yeah. almost 24 hours since you had seen it. Um, I think so, yeah. But Charlie and I went and saw it that day. Because Charlie was there. Yeah. Um, And then also the bonus episode where I talked to you about Pokemon Masters, the, the mobile game that had come out at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we came up with like mystery solving teens out of like teams out of Pokemon characters. Yeah. Something like that, I think. I haven't listened to, I didn't re listen to it. <laughs> yeah. And that was about two years ago. Yeah. Um but yeah. So you can go find those there. I'll be uploading more as as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And there'll probably be more stuff there from us in particular. Mm-hmm. I will also say that uh, I mentioned Final Fantasy XIV probably at some point, um, if I didn't cut all of that out. But like Crash and I went on there and we talked about uh, the Final Fantasy XIV FanFest event that happened. And we talked about like the new job and stuff they announced on the Digital Cryptids feed. So go check that out. So Lava, what about you? Yes. You can find me on Twitter at LavaBees, L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. Hmm. And you can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T, and you can find all the podcasts that I do and that I've guessed it all on my website, which is at madlobotanist.neocities.org, which is the same as my Twitter handle, .neocities.org. <laughs> um, next, next month. Next month we are having a guest back on, and we are talking about... Scooby-Doo and WWE Curse of the Speed Demon. I will have to talk to our guest to figure out when she wants to record. Um, but is there anything else we need to say? I don't think so. Okay then. Uh until next month, they they would have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for us meddling kids. I had to remember the tense. Or like the, the subject of that Let's sentence. Get lost Say. We found this big world. This brand new world. Every road a mystery. Where we go's the place to be in this big world. This brand new world. Cause life ain't nothing like a movie screen. There's so much more than what they see